0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider on final reading whether to purchase a $3 million trash compactor for Sitka's transfer station in an effort to reduce the risk of trash fires at sea. The purchase of the equipment could mean Sitkans will see an increase in solid waste rates. When the Sitka Assembly met in late October, it approved the funding on first reading. The majority of the money to pay for the compactor will come from a loan from the Southeast Economic Development Fund, with around $200,000 from the city's general fund. City Administrator John Leach estimated it could cost Sitkins an extra $4 on their garbage bills each month. The city has been negotiating with its solid waste shipment contractor, Republic Services, over who would foot the bill for the compactor for months, after Alaska Marine Lines announced it would no longer ship Sitka's garbage with limited compaction in open-top containers. Sitka has until December 31st to make the switch. In other business, the Sitka Assembly will consider hiring a new human resources director. The last HR director left after working for the city for less than a year, after being charged with a DUI, and the position was vacant for around a year before that. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. One new COVID case was reported in Sitka on Saturday. It was the only new case reported over the weekend. Only seven cases have been reported in the last week, bringing Sitka's COVID alert level down from high to substantial for the first time in four months. Sitka's COVID alert level could shift quickly, though. Nine or more cases reported over a week-long period results in a high alert level. If four or fewer cases are reported, Sitka's alert level shifts down to moderate. Sitka will only reach a low alert level if zero cases are reported over a week-long period. Since the pandemic began, Sitka has reported over 1,210 cases, 24 hospitalizations, and five deaths. The Sitka Fish and Game Advisory Committee has voted against supporting a proposal by the Sitka tribe that would change the way the state sets the herring harvest rate each spring. When it met on Thursday, advisory committee members were split over whether to back the plan, the first of three the tribe is sending to the State Board of Fisheries in January. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports.
1: It's the busy season for the Sitka Fish and Game Advisory Committee, which began weekly meetings in October. The group's main role is to advise the Alaska Department of Fish and Game on allocation and harvest proposals up for adoption at the Alaska Board of Fisheries meeting in Ketchikan next January. When the committee met on Thursday, it decided against throwing its weight behind a herring proposal from the Sitka Tribe of Alaska, but the decision was not unanimous. Currently, Fish and Game calculates the commercial seine harvest based on a percentage of the total number of herring in the sound. Proposal 156 would change that ratio. Mo Johnson, who holds the seine seat, said he believed there was room for a more conservative approach to how the commercial fishery is managed, but Proposal 156 wasn't it.
0: You know, even though I'm in the seine seat, I'm I'm looking out for the health of the population of herring, and I have to Be truthful with what I see and uh, right now it looks really good for the future. And I think this proposal at this time is a little bit too conservative."
1: Johnson said he'd prefer a proposal for an upper limit for permit holders, as in no matter how big the biomass is, permit holders could only take a certain amount of tons. Eric Jordan, who represents commercial trollers, said he'd support something like that and ask that they consider including that language in their comments to the Board of Fish. Others, like Kent Barkow, who's a commercial fisherman and holds the hunting seat, thought being this conservative with the fishery wasn't a bad thing. Sitka Sound, more so than the open ocean, is um, warming and acidifying. And we know that those two... Variables are going to have effects. We don't know maybe what they are, but we know which direction they're going. I mean, as far as warming and and becoming more acidic. And I think it would be wise to allow for a bit more caution. Four people spoke in favor of the proposal during public comment, including subsistence and sport fisherman Matthew Jackson. I would really
0: uh, ask that everyone present tonight consider the regional context of the Sika Sound fishery as the last in southeast Alaska that still provides occasional, uh, occasionally sufficient subsistence harvests. I'm from Ketchikan originally, and there are uh, no longer, you can't get subsistence eggs down there
1: anymore. Two spoke against the proposal, including Saner and Silver Bay Seafood's co-founder Troy Denkinger. You know, the state of Alaska, I think the proof's in the pudding for the last 40 years on, you know, the direction this stock and the health of this stock, the direction it's been heading. I think we're at some of the largest biomasses we've, you know, been seen and recorded, you know, in the last 40 years, you know, in Sitka. So their management, what they're doing is working. Ultimately, the AC support for the proposal failed on a five to seven vote. Proposal 156 is one of many herring proposals the Board of Fish will consider this year from different user groups. The Sitka Tribe of Alaska has also put forth two more proposals involving quotas tied to population age in an attempt to reduce the impact the fishery has on older herring. The Alaska Board of Fisheries meets January 4th through 15th in Ketchikan. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose.
0: Juneau police and the family of a missing Juneau man say his body has been found. It's not clear yet how he died. A hiker was doing their normal hike with their dog, and their dog ran up the hill above Flume, kind of by Gold Creek, and that's where he found the remains of my brother. That's Kirsten Farnsworth. Doug Farnsworth is her brother. He's been missing since late September. A truck he'd been driving was found close to the Perseverance Trail near downtown Juneau. At first, there was a large search and rescue operation that included Alaska's state troopers, the Coast Guard, and a local canine group, but they found no trace of him. For the last month, ground searches were largely organized by family and friends. DNA identification will take some time, but when the hiker found the remains on Sunday afternoon, there was enough to identify Doug Farnsworth, but not enough to make it immediately clear how he died. They did find some bones in his clothes and a gun and a phone. She says she got the call from Juneau police at about 8 p.m. on Sunday night. JPD's missing persons Facebook post was updated at 8:10 p.m. She says she barely had time to call everyone. I mean, it took three days to make a post about him missing, but it took them hours to say that they found him. Kirsten Farnsworth lives in Arizona, but she and her brother were raised in Juneau. She said she's been inundated with messages and calls as news spreads that her brother has been found. Phone calls to family have been hard. They're destroyed. They're pretty crushed. A lot of them are stuck in question as well. The question is what happened. Now Farnsworth says she's working on getting the money to travel back to Juno so they can lay him to rest. And she's looking for more information about the hiker so she can give them the $5,000 reward her family offered for information about Doug Farnsworth's disappearance. State and federal wildlife authorities are proposing a 31-day wolf harvest on and around Prince of Wales Island. Conservationists have warned they could file a lawsuit saying the Alexander Archipelago wolf population is threatened. That conflicts with resident hunters who say the population is rising and preying on island deer, an important subsistence food source. Alaska Department of Fish and Game's Regional Wildlife Supervisor, Tom Schumacher, says the most recent fall population estimate is 386 wolves, much higher than previous counts. The Alaska Board of Game has set a population target of 150 to 200 wolves years ago when the agency thought wolf numbers were much lower. He says a month long trapping harvest likely won't reduce the population that far. But given the uncertainty about whether that's an appropriate population objective, we feel that's a conservative,
1: um, and responsible way to go.
0: Environmental groups have threatened to sue the federal government to force Alexander Archipelago wolves to be listed under the Endangered Species Act. They've long argued that decades of clear-cut logging, not predators, are to blame for the island's dwindling deer herds. Shay Wolf, a conservation scientist for the Center for Biological Diversity, says her organization doubts the reliability of the population estimates, which are largely based on DNA sampling of wolf hair gathered in the field or turned over from previous harvests. The agencies shouldn't open a trapping and hunting season on these vulnerable wolves when they're not generating reliable population estimates and ensuring that they're doing sustainable management. But state game managers like Tom Schumacher says the shorter season should ensure there aren't too many taken this season. Two years ago, he says there was a two-month season that resulted in 165 wolves reported taken.
1: There was a lot of effort that year, a lot of people
0: who hadn't trapped previously trapped. Um, we think that a one-month season will leave us with a lower level of harvest, and given the high population estimate
1: the last two years, we're pretty convinced that that'll um, result in a a sustainable harvest.
0: Game managers are holding a public meeting and taking public testimony from 6 p.m. Tuesday to hear from members of the public over the proposed trapping season. An announcement on the trapping season is expected later this week with trapping on and around Prince of Wales to run from November 15th through December 15th. In a related development, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service recently penned a letter to conservationists that have threatened a lawsuit saying a status review on southeast Alaska's wolf population is underway. It says it's partnering with state and federal agencies, universities, and Alaska Native organizations to study the species closer using new methods, including cameras, and an updated genetic study to get a better understanding of wolf numbers in the region. Taking a look at the community calendar. UA Giving Day, a 49-hour fundraising event in support of the University of Alaska, is midnight Tuesday through Wednesday, November 9th through 10th. Go to givingday.alaska.edu slash UAS to participate. I'm Aaron Fulton, and this has been Raven News.